Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete. You know who's a real showman? That's Zac Efron. Really? I my my son made me watch uh, oh, the High greatest, School Musical. Oh, I thought you were going to say yeah. the Greatest oh, Showman, no. but that oh, wasn't. I'm, total, I'm all over the Greatest yeah. Showman. We are already fans, but uh, you know, my son is at that age where High School Musical. It's like manufactured, right, for kids my son's age. Yeah, so they're all singing the songs at school now. That thing is, I mean, it's it is like manufactured by machine learning. I've been singing though Zac Efron songs. He was what? He was seven in that show. Seven, was he 17, really? Whatever. I don't know. I'm making that oh, up. I've never but he seen was a kid. it, so I, I he don't know. He was a scrawny little kid, not that hunky, hunk of, uh, hunk of specimen that he is today. <laughs> he was already an incredible standout showman. That's why I, w- I hope one day somebody says that Pete Wright, he's the Zach Efron of podcasting. Oh, I'm sure that right? they're saying that right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As they're listening, they're like, there's no, you know, that that's Zach Efron right there. Yeah, I'm listening that's, that's, to that's him. Zach Efron. God, he shaves that beard. He takes off about 40 years. <laughs> he, he could be <laughs> in High School Musical. Look, we're talking about, uh, we're continuing our ADHD at Work series uh, today. We're talking about something that I know ha- plagues those in our community. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, accommodations, getting the accommodations you need and deserve at work. And it is a muddy, horrible mess. It to, really to, it, is. It's just, if you're having a hard time getting those accommodations, Accommodations, you are not alone. No, you're not. Yeah. You're not. It's so it's, different it's than bad. like in college, right? Because I work a lot with college yeah. students too. And it's it's uh it's different, you know, getting accommodations at work versus getting them in the academic world. So yes, yeah. we have a lot yeah. to talk Protections about. Protections are very different. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to talk all about that. First, head over to Take Control ADHD to get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And, you know, uh, we have this community, uh, this online community through Discord and Facebook, the ADHD group. It's an incredible place. We learn about goat yoga and babies being born and celebrate each other's birthdays. And it's all done online through this incredible community of listeners and supporters of this show uh, at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Patreon, if you've never heard of it, it is a model that you where it's like a national public radio. You know, you you 
give a few dollars and that money goes into a bucket that helps pay salaries, put food on the table for the people who are doing the the reporting and the management of the service every single month. That's just what Patreon does for us. So we have a few extra things. You get live, you get to attend the live recordings of our show. You get some extra workshops that you get uh, every month at, at the uh, Supreme level. Uh, but mostly you get our deep, deep love and gratitude for your participation in this community. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, so to those who have already supported via Patreon, uh, thank you for being a, a continuing member. For those who have considered it uh, or never given before, please uh, give it a shot. First and foremost, make smart financial decisions. Second, uh, we appreciate you helping to support and grow the ADHD podcast. Again, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. We appreciate you. Okay, we've got a little bit of news. We have a couple of announcements, and uh, the first one that I want to talk to or talk about is is the Hearts for ADHD, and this is something that a friend of mine who's also an ADHD coach, who I get to meet every. Uh, I get to meet up with every year at the Chad conference and it's lovely. And she's actually been on our show too. Jennifer Camp uh, a couple of years ago actually came on the show and talked to us about Hearts for ADHD. And she mm-hmm. is running this campaign again. I know we're kind of late in uh, actually talking about it on the podcast because it, it's something that's running February through or February 1st through the 14th. However, I don't think we can put a deadline on it. I think that you should always encourage your children to see their strengths. And that's what this campaign is all about, is she has these little hearts that you can uh, get from her website. And what you do is you put every day, for her campaign, it's every day, February 1st through the 14th, something great about your child, a, a strength that that he or she has. And so one of the things that she had for her son was a sense of humor. You know, she loves his sense mm-hmm. of humor. And so anyway, again, I know we're a little late on advertising this on the podcast, but I think it's something great to do any time of the year and really encourage you to check that out. You know, you know whose mother did that for him when he was a young guy? You. Zach Efron. Oh, Zach Efron. Well, I'm of course, because look, look at him, how look great at him he is. now. Yeah. 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 That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's you have a man crush. <laughs> That's Zach what I'm Efron, uh, Dax Shepard, uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, probably a little Will Arnett. Uh, yeah, no, I got a list. Yes, oh, yes. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise. Oh, please, oh, Hugh Jackman. No, 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 God, no, no, no. Please, do I don't like to Tom Cruise. All right. No. What? Oh, I do not he like. Runs him. like a freight train, no. Nikki Kinzer. After I watched the documentary on Scientology, no, thank you. Uh, I know. I have. It's okay. All right, yeah. moving okay, on. Okay, moving on, because that's going into a whole different area. <laughs> uh, yes, and then the second announcement I have for us to share is the Women's ADHD Palooza, which is coming in the end of February, and that is hosted by Linda Rogley, one of our good friends on the show as well. And uh, it is a great opportunity to listen to many different ADHD experts around a lot of different topics. Last week, I said that we were going to be in this Palooza. Unfortunately, it didn't work out with our schedules. <laughs> so we are not part of the Palooza, but I highly recommend that you still sign up, check it out, and and uh, 
you know, if you want, send a little note to Linda about how you miss us. That would be great. <laughs> that would be the best. You know and what? That is action item number two. One, hearts in your kid's lunchbox. Two, send in Linda a note. Tell her how much you miss uh, Nikki and Pete yeah. on the show. And yeah, and it wasn't her fault either. So I just want to make sure, you know, it's not any like hate mail. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> Linda's yeah. Fan- fantastic. It was just a scheduling situation. So anyway, those are the two biggest announcements I have for the month of February. Excellent. Then we should talk about accommodations. We shall. Circus music, because accommodations (sighs) are fun. Oh, they are. They're so tough, especially when you get into the workforce. So I thought a good place for us to start is to just briefly say an explanation of what Americans with Disabilities Act is. Basically, it states that employers are required by law to provide reasonable accommodations for otherwise qualified employees and applicants unless these accommodations pose an undue hardship. Let me just that repeat is so that. dumb. I know. I'm yes. going to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Americans with Disabilities Act states that employers are required by law to provide reasonable accommodations for otherwise qualified employees and applicants unless these accommodations pose an undue hardship. It is such a loaded sentence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it can be taken in so many different ways and the problem is it's taken in so many different ways usually by the employers and uh the legal uh community defending employers right and that is what makes it really hard right well and they've got the money to to do it right i mean they've got the money and the resources to be able to do that versus one person who is you know, on their own. Right. So, yes. So the, the, there is a good thing about the Americans with Disabilities Act that it exists, right? It yes. exists and it pro- it protects a ton of people. And it occasionally, does. like you, you it, it provides a framework for how to talk about accommodations in the workplace uh, that um, can, can really help a lot of people be more productive and live up to their experience, no Absolutely. matter what can what they're living with in, in terms of their physical, emotional, psychological abilities. So it's really I want to say up front, it's a it is a good that it exists. And hidden in it is this namby pamby undue hardship language for us. That is I, I mean, it is just confusing. It's, confusing. It's really really confusing. It does nobody any good. Right. It really is. Because, you know, who who's deciding if the accommodations are reasonable? The employer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what's considered undue hardship? Is there is there a money value to that? Um, Well, that's usually what it is. Right. right? It's usually a a fiscal condition. But that's the thing that's really kind of strange. If you're asking for the accommodation of coming into work at 10 a.m. instead of 8 a.m., and working 10 to 7 instead of 8 to 5, it, you know, is that an undue hardship? You can't really put money well, and, to that. And I have I have heard this response. We cannot do that because um and and I I heard this specifically in the in the state of Arizona, the town of Phoenix. We will not be working swing any sort of swing schedule, right? Where you're working off hours of of the general population because of our environmental control systems. If some people come in at 8 and work 8 to 5 and some people work 10 to 7 and some people will undoubtedly want to work noon to to eight uh, or nine, then our we will have to run the air conditioning at uh, a, a higher rate for longer during the day, and that is an expense that is considered and one an undue hardship. 
Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So like the, the like we think about undue hardships like oh you know we live in an old building that's a historic building and we can't do any sort of physical conversion of that building in order to make it ADA accessible like to put ramps on it for example to make it we can't touch it because it's a historic building well that is that is where the ADA runs headlong into you know community civic challenges and that gets worked out in courts right that's right. A kind of but not wanting to run the air conditioner because it'll cost you hundreds extra a month uh, so that your employees can get everything. That, that's a, that is where the undue hardship language gets frustrating for a lot of people. Oh, that's too bad. I don't even have anything to say about that. I'm I know. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I just wanted to set no, that up. No, but that, I mean, I'm glad you bring that up because that, that makes sense because I'm just thinking, oh, it's two hours. What, di- what difference does it make? But, you know, yeah. I guess in that... Realm it yeah. can, but yeah. It's well, and sometimes an undue hardship is not just the hours, but it's the fact that it, many employers will feel like if they make an accommodation for one or a small group, right. that that accommodation is extended to everybody who wants it, whether or not they need it. And no, that's um, yeah, I can see that. And and there and are going to be people who will take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, I, and take advantage of what working a schedule. So I know there are conditions about the work. Like this is not like this is just. It's it's just uh, uh you know frustrating traditional leadership model and it and really a, a is and that's really thinking. what it comes down to yeah. is this this traditional work model that isn't yeah. really necessary if you're not working with the public if you're not working with customers who are coming in and seeing you and you're just doing admin work or work you know uh at in a computer on a computer it yeah. just is really frustrating right yeah right yeah when we uh, when i was looking at my notes about this because this snuck is some things in. you did sneak yeah. some things in and i'm really glad that you did because this is a really complicated you know yeah. situation and and one of your questions here was you know who decides if your adhd is a disability do you want to talk a little bit about that i do i do because uh this this is what makes it incredibly difficult um because so many and, and that this is the number one question we get is you know when and how and if I should tell my employer about my ADHD right. and, and how I live with ADHD and would it be useful to have that discussion? Well, um, it, great. And that's followed by a grand so what in the eyes of the ADA, because who decides if your ADHD is an actual disability, even if you have a diagnosis, even if you've gone through the rigmarole of being tested and having an evaluation that comes out and says, check, this person lives with ADHD. If your physician or psychologist does not add this, these are the symptoms that specifically are severe enough that will uh, or that are considered disabling at work. That is the language. It has to be disabling at work. Then it is not something that is considered protected under ADA, right? You have to have your diagnosis and you have to have an addendum that says this is severe enough to be to be debilitating at work and it should be protected under ADA. And then if you are not willing to tell your employer, if you're not willing to share all of this information with them in an official capacity, you have zero protections under ADA, right? You, you know, you can't just go in and say, I have ADHD, I have a di- diagnosis, and I need to work a, sw- a, a swing shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go through all of these protections. And even then, 
you may not be protected. Your employer may not qualify under protections of ADA at all right. if they are, because there are state and and uh, uh, national yeah. uh, limits, right? It, the national, the federal limit is your, if your employer is more than 15 employees, uh, then they are protected under ADA. Some states will go as low as uh, four. I think Pennsylvania, don't quote me on that, but there are different state regulations that, that go as low as, uh, as four that says, you know, if you're a team of any group of people, uh, more than three, you should be protected under ADA. But that would be state thing that is dependent on where you live. The federal limit right now is 15. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's interesting, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like just knowing that what ADA is and isn't and what it does propose to protect and what it doesn't and what you have to do if you want to use ADA as a defense, I think that sets the stage for the rest of this. Well, and that is also why I mentioned earlier, it's so different between the academic world and the work world. Because the academic world, I think, is a little bit more, um, at least from my experience with working with college students that I have, not uh, not all professors necessarily are necess- you know aren't always helpful um but a lot of them are and a lot of the student services are wonderful and they really do help these students and and make a big difference it's just a very different world when you get into the work world well and and the difference in the academic world is you have an advocate in student services, right? Yes. If you go through the the channels to get your, you know, to get your diagnosis and be officially protected, um, you know, by the school, you have an advocate in student service, disability services that you, you don't have to talk to your teacher. They do all the work, right? right? That That's technically the way it's supposed to work is you have an advocate at the school that manages all of that relationship for you so that you can just get your work done. Again, I know I'm speaking sort of grandly, idealistically, know, right? generally, broadly. I know every, your mileage may vary, yes, but that absolutely. is the, that's the letter, if not, you know, or I should say that's the letter and the intent of the law, and that's not the way it necessarily plays out. But And where they're the you know. same is if a student with ADHD has these accommodations, but they still, they still fail a class, they still fail the class. Yes. So yeah. they don't pass. You they, can still they, you get, can get fired. You can still get fired and get kicked out of the university because of academic probation and you didn't make right. that 2.0. So it, it is, and that's where we go into the, with the company is that technically they're not supposed to discriminate against you because you have ADHD. Um, however, just because you have ADHD doesn't mean your job is safe. And that's what you're saying here is that you can still be fired from a job and not be covered by the ADA. So we don't yeah. want to make this ADA be a security blanket and thinking that you're untouchable because unfortunately you you aren't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, well, and the thing is too, is that we have to think about what What's happening with the employee? I mean, if a, if a company is firing you because you've been late to work too many times and have made too many mistakes, it's tricky because the ADHD could have been and probably is the reason this is happening and getting in your way because for whatever reason, it's not managed or it's out of, you know, you, you aren't able to get out of the door on time. You don't have those systems in place. You don't know um, what what the the uh, clear expectations are of the job. I mean, there could be so many different reasons of why this is happening. Right. Um, but what they see is that you're not qualified for the job. 
And it's not directly because you have ADHD, ADHD, Mm -hmm. but the ADHD got in the way. So then, okay, what do I do with that? So it's just so tricky. Yes. And we're not lawyers. No. So definitely want to say, if you have questions about your exit from a job, whether you got let go and did you think you got let go unfairly, you know, don't write Pete and I. Like, we aren't going to (laughs) know. We don't know. (laughs) If that was the case or not. But definitely do talk to a lawyer. That leads us to, I I guess, the first biggest question. Do you tell or not tell? Do you tell or don't you? And I had this. And and do you tell or don't you in an interview? Do you tell or don't you once you get the job? How do you handle disclosing your ADHD? It is such a personal decision. And every single person with ADHD is going to have a different story. Some people are going to say they told and it was the worst thing that they could have done. Some people are going to say they said something and it was the best thing that they could have done. And so that's the tricky part, too, is that there isn't an answer for that. You and I, again, can't say you should or shouldn't. Um, I think it really depends on your job and how long you've been there, what your relationship is with your coworkers, with your boss. Would I say something in an interview? No. My personal opinion is I wouldn't, I wouldn't share somebody, I wouldn't share that I have anxiety in an interview, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety a few years ago and I take medication for that. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that. So I think you have right. to protect yourself. Um, and the ADHD is a part of you. And I guess I want to go back to, you know, it isn't you. So do you have challenges? Everybody has challenges. You don't need to highlight what those are in an interview. Talk about mm-hmm. your strengths. Talk about what you're good at. And so that's, I would probably say, you know, in an interview, I don't know. Well, that's necessary. what an interview is for, right? Is, is manage the, manage to your strengths. Right, and, right. Uh, or is this I a mean, good uh, fit for you? And again, yeah, it goes back gonna, to what we talked about last week. You need to interview them just as much as you're, they're interviewing you. 100%. I'm really glad you said that. That's what I was going to say too. It's this idea that, um, like if, if you know that your ADHD is going to impact you negatively, you're going to know in that interview, right? Because right. you're talking to them about what the job is, what the expectations are. And you may have to make the, the hard, and honest decision yourself to say this is not going to be a good fit because of my the symptoms of my ADHD, right? I own that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say this is going to be a terrible fit. I'm not going to be able to communicate with you as my manager. I'm not going to, you don't say that out loud. Please don't say that out loud. But you say in your head voice, I can't communicate with this person who's talking to me. I I know that I'm going to be, you know, uh, living in a disaster straits if I try to take this on. It will be too much because it just doesn't agree with the the symptoms of my ADHD. It's okay to be honest with yourself, right? Absolutely. That is, um, yeah. Yes. Do that. And you can ask for accommodations without saying why you need them, you know? And I think that we talked about this a while back when we were having the same discussion. You can tell an employer that, gosh, I work better if I'm not in a room full of cubicles. If Mm -hmm. I have to be in a room full of cubicles, is there any way that I could be in like the far corner? Or Mm -hmm. is there another room that I can maybe use every once in a while if I need to focus on something. So, And you don't have to say 
it's because I have ADHD. You can ask for these things. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But but I, I just want to kind of plant the seed that you can ask for stuff and, and not necessarily say Well, why. yeah, and that should be part of your interview process in the first place. Where am I going to sit? Like, what does the work environment look like? Right. Um, can, can I see it? Yes. Like if there's a chance absolutely. I get this job, can I see the kind of place I'll be sitting? That's a great idea, uh, because Pete. That, that might actually impact you making your own decision about whether you say yes to this job if you were to get it. You want to put yourself in a position to have all that information. If you are going to talk to somebody uh, about your ADHD in HR, your supervisor, we want to do it in a positive way. But what are some of the things that you can ask for? And this is something that was definitely harder to find in my research than it is in the academic world. Because in the academic world, it's pretty clear cut. Like, you know, here are the bullet points of the things you can ask for. And there's always extra you can ask for if you have a good relationship with your professor. In the work environment, not so much. It's a really... It's really uh, gray (laughs) trying to figure out what to ask for. Um, But definitely, you know, I think it's one of those things that you have to kind of know what to ask for because an employer is not going to know. And Mm -hmm. so think about what you're struggling with. Think about, you know, what kind of accommodation would help me in this situation? What would that solution be? So that when you do go have that conversation, you know, you have some ideas to bounce off with them about and and you're clear. You don't want to go into that conversation, you know, thinking, I don't know. What do you think? Because they're not yeah. going to know. They're not. The more know. specific you can be about your request, the better. The much better. The more specific, the better, better the plan, uh, the better your understanding of resources of the office. Um, you know, I know we have this back room here and it's not being used for any anything in these hours, would it be possible for me to move some of my job to that room from the hours of 11 to 2? Something like that, right? So you can be very specific and proactive in getting what you want, all in the guise of, again, as you said, being positive uh, in a way that I'm going to be more productive if I can X, Y, Z. I'm going to be, I'm going to do my job better if you'll okay me doing ABC. Right. Absolutely. And that's exactly some of the things that you can ask for is, is doing some work in a less busy area. Uh, if you work in a noisy environment, ask if you can wear headphones to cancel out the noise. A lot of people do that. Um, you know, maybe you need a stand up, sit down desk. Again, you're going to have yeah. to, you know, tell them why and how that's going to help. I, I, you know, it. It's a slippery slope, right, Pete? I mean, is that an yeah. undue hardship? I don't know. So it, it it's hard. And I think if you, you know, you'll know pretty quickly if you're working in an environment that's that is, uh, let's say, progressive in terms of how they handle things like mm-hmm. ADHD, right? You'll know about your boss. You'll get a sense of that pretty quickly. My uh, I, I think my guidance here, if if anything, is Ask for things in terms of accommodations that don't cost money first. Right, right. right? Don't don't go in with, I need a new office. I yes. need n- a new $1,000 piece of machine equipment, right? right? I, I First thing you do is see if you can solve the problem using the resources that they already have, that are change of behavior, not change in structure mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. first. And if you can't get it done, but you're still doing a good job and you're doing your best and you're showing that you are showing up here, that you're part of the team, then you'll have you've got to build up some of that credibility. Right. And and that's just a reality of 
the of of employment. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's very good. You're point. you're not paying your employer like you are a university, right? right. You're not like there, it's different. there's there's more willingness, I think, as a as a uh, the university is going to protect you for a number of reasons. And one of them, unfortunately, is you're paying a bill to them. Right. Right. Uh, and so you're not doing that at work. So you've how else are you paying a bill to your employer? You're you're doing your very best. Right. Yes. Uh, so that's a very good point. A couple of things that that do not cause or uh, actually would uh cost any money is asking for a weekly meeting, you know, with your supervisor. Can I meet with you once a week so we can go over goals and priorities for the week? If that's an issue and you're not really sure, this is an, you know, awesome opportunity to do that. Uh, Know your deadlines, know your expectations. If you're not sure, ask during that meeting what they are. Um, Another thing that you might be able to do is record meetings. That can be really helpful. You know, especially mm-hmm. if, you know, if you're having issues with note taking and you want to be able to go back and and hear what you may have missed or you did kind of like doze off, you know, you can come back and listen to it. And so, re- you know, recording of meetings can be a big deal uh, and can work out. Always, really well. always ask permission, please. Oh, yeah. Always ask yeah, permission don't do that. first. <laughs> don't just start that doing be it. Bad. <laughs> That's oh, right. God, it just happens. Even if you feel super confident that you know the laws and regulations of your state in terms of recording. Please just let everybody know you're recording this for productivity purposes and that's it. And personal record. And if they say if anybody gives it, you'll just you ruin people's day by saying you're going to record something if they're if they don't want to be recorded. That's and right. you don't want to ruin somebody else's day. No, that's then you ruin your true. day. Right. Then you carry it and around. Carries it around. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. OK, so this is what I want to end with. Uh, you can make up your own accommodations that have nothing to do with your employer. Uh, these are the alarms and notifications that you might want to have in your calendar. Um, having a large wall calendar or whiteboard so that you can visually see what appointments are coming up. What do I need to do? Have a big, huge to-do list. I had a boss who um, did, had this huge whiteboard and had it broken up in different ways. And he had his to-do list and crossed it off when it was done or checked it off when it was almost done. I mean, there was just a lot of different ways you can do that. Use your planners. These are tools. And so, you know, get your to-do list uh, management system in place, your planners, your checklists, whatever helps with you. If there's a workflow chart that you want uh, to create to, to kind of help you stay on track on this is step one, step two, step three, create those. I know it takes time up front, but it can definitely help you in the long run. Um, ask people to respond to you the way you need them to. You know, if you're not an email person because the email is going to get lost, then maybe it's a text text message, um, uh, you know, whatever that might be. Take your breaks, get outside, get a little exercise, you know, get that that heart pumping so that you can come back in and focus. These are the things that you can do um, that can help. Morning routines can help to, to get you out of the, the door on time and into work, you know. So I would just say, look at the systems that you have, what's worked before and get back into to those routines and habits. and. Uh, and, you know, figure out where yeah. the struggle is. And then how do you get a solution for that struggle? Find Can it. I just say anecdotally, anecdotally uh, you ask people how you want 
to correspond with them or how you want to be corresponded with is huge. You probably remember a couple of years ago, I made a big deal out of my voicemail that I was so bad at voicemail, like it would go months and I would not return calls. And I realized, oh my God, the problem is not that I don't respond to voicemail. It's that I don't tell anybody that I don't respond to voicemail. I'm just bad at it. It's okay. So now my voicemail says, I love you. Don't leave a message. Right. (laughs) I love that. I think it's great. so it's that has been, I, I think, in in terms of how I run my own sort of individual business here, that has been probably the single best thing that I have ever done in terms of being able to stay in touch with people who are most important to me because it reminds them, oh, all I have to do is text Pete, and I know I'll get a, a response in either minutes or hours, or I know it'll be in front of him at some point, and um, and that's I think that has gone a long way to build trust. And that's what uh, that is what all of this is about, right? Right. Using the tools that you have at your disposal to build trust with your boss, your employer, your company, that you are doing your best. You're trying everything that you can to to get the job done, to do, again, what ADA asked for, to satisfy the skill, experience, education and other job related requirements of the position sought or held. Are you doing your best to do that? when it gets in the way, then you get to push the domino, right? The first domino of I'm I'm going to embark on the ADA uh, protections. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the that's the flow diagram there. There we are. That's our show on accommodations in the workplace. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> that is it. So that's what you get. And uh, we have a couple more episodes coming up on uh, more workplace stuff, the stuff that are very exciting. And uh, so uh, keep keep coming back. Keep hanging out with us. We, we love you here. Uh, on behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>